Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Spencer Lohman, and you're listening to the Rhythms Podcast, where we explore the unforced rhythms of grace. We really feel like in this time and season, it is so vital for us to have anchoring practices and rhythms that guide us in the way of Jesus, that create spaces where the Holy Spirit can transform us and can move us and can shape us. Uh, Today, we are going to be looking at the rhythm of slowing down. Um, I'm not sure if you uh, feel this or not, but I just feel like even in the midst of COVID-19 and this wilderness season, I feel like life is so fast. Life has such a pace to it. And recently, I was sitting outside of our home and... I had slowed down enough to notice the trees as well as notice our home, one created by God and one created by man. Now, I would not have noticed that had I not slowed down enough to allow my mind to become aware of God's creation in contrast with what humanity has created. Because, as I said in the beginning, life is fast. It just speeds up and it feels like it just is a constant go, 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 go. Even in the middle of the greatest pandemic over the last century. Um A couple of weeks ago, I was listening to a song by Jonathan Ogden, and the song is called Slow Down. And I want you to listen to these lyrics. I want to read them very slowly for you so that your mind can focus on just the power of slowing down. Quiet my soul, because you're teaching me how to slow down. Surrender it all. Let you take control and slow down. I know you're not far away from me. You are so close now. I'm waiting in the stillness. I need to hear your voice now. When we slow down as followers of the way of Jesus, we notice the disposition or the bent of our soul. We have a cognitive awareness of where our soul is at. We also become aware of God's grandeur and his beauty and his power. As I mentioned, I would have never noticed the contrast between what humans have created and what God has created. And really, it is all around us. We gain an awareness when we slow down that God is, in the language of Ephesians chapter 4, over all, through all, and in all. You know, in this um, climate and culture in the West, speed and hurry are a major distraction. They're a major distraction, and oftentimes we get sucked into hurry so that we can avoid the inevitable 
um, which is to notice how we really are, how things are really playing out, how our mind is processing things with the, the disposition of our heart and our soul, um, whether it be from trauma or from frustration or from relational difficulties or from addictions or um, whatever, speed and hurry are a form of going around the challenges of our humanity. And if we read the scriptures long enough, we will realize that the only way for us to experience freedom is to go through the challenge and through the pain, the suffering. And a rabbi um, of a king who is in control as well as a savior. We have to, as humans, begin to normalize boredom. I hear a lot of people talk about speed and hurry and just doing things as a means not to be bored, as though boredom is just this horrendous state of being. But the reality is, is if we can slow down and normalize boredom and be okay with boredom, um, we will be able to, I think, have a greater awareness of God and His presence. Because boredom is created from hurry. It's created from always doing. And that when we're not always doing, we somehow begin to feel bored. And our body usually lets us know that. But that is okay. We have to press through. Um, we have to begin to notice things around us. A way of slowing down is to just notice things around you. Allow your mind to take note of the colors the sounds and the smells that are around you. Um, again, that's just a simple practice of slowing down. Notice what's around you, even the small things. I've noticed in our own backyard at our home, we have a family of chipmunks that like to uh, you know, scurry around the townhome community that we live in. Um, there are squirrels everywhere. There's massive trees. And um, I've be been able to notice these things when I slow down. Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 says, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Don't sprint in him. Walk. To walk is to go slow. There's a great book that's out that um, was from an Eastern writer called Three Mile an Hour God, because three miles an hour is about the pace a person walks. What a challenge for us to walk with God. To walk with God is to slow down. If you notice the cadence of Jesus, he never speeds up. He's never rushing. He's never in a hurry. Uh, he always allows for interruption because he is so in tune with the Spirit um, that he is able to go intentionally and thoughtfully through life. And when we hurry through life, when we are moving at a fast pace from one thing to the next, oftentimes we miss out on God opportunities and God interruptions. Uh, Dallas Willard has the famous line that says, Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry. Of all things, 
in this world. Dallas Willard, the great philosopher and professor at University of Southern California, says that hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life. That is the greatest enemy. It is hurry. It is speed. It is not the ability to slow down. So we must ruthlessly eliminate hurry. And as many of you know who have um, been a part of our community in the last year and a half, um, we have done a teaching series called Busy, um, which just goes in depth into the idea of hurry, uh, a lot of which was taken from a book by John Mark Comer called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. In fact, last year, there were a handful of books that were written around this topic. Why? Because in the West, we are addicted to hurry. We are addicted to pace and to speed. I think about Amazon Prime. Uh, if we don't get a package in you know, one or two days, we think that the life that we live is just this horrendous. It's terrible. That uh, It's a struggle. <laughs> um, if the fast food line doesn't go quicker, they're not taking our order outside. It is so slow. Think about it. Any time we even use the word slow, uh, it's typically in a negative space. Um, to call someone slow is often a negative remark um, because we think fast is good, and that simply isn't always the case. John Ortberg says, Cultivating patience by deliberately choosing to place ourselves in positions where we simply have to wait. This is kind of his response to speed and hurry. Cultivating patience by deliberately, again, this is going back to the rhythm, deliberately choosing to place ourselves in positions where we simply have to wait. To slow down is to wait. Psalm 40 says, wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart and wait for the Lord. Wait in this passage can also be translated look. It can also be translated look. So much of our formation is having a new lens. It's seeing in a different light. It's looking for where God is at work in the world. When we move through life with speed and hurry, we often miss out on God because we just zoom past him in the left lane. We aren't able to see where God is moving in the world if we go through life with fast pace. We aren't able to look for the Lord. And because of that, we aren't able to wait for the Lord. Again, the language of waiting is slowing down language. To practice slowing is to look for the Lord, to be so attuned to the present moment that you notice where he is. You know, multitasking, we talk a lot about multitasking in the West. Multitasking is a facade. It doesn't exist. Uh, Harvard Business Review uh, did an article a few years ago entitled, You Can't Multitask, Stop Trying. This is Harvard Business Review. In the article, this is a quote from it. Based on over a half century of cognitive science and more recent studies on multitasking, we know that multitaskers do less and miss information. It takes time, an average of 15 minutes, to reorient to a primary task 
after a distraction such as an email. Efficiency can drop by as much as 40%. Long-term memory suffers and creativity, a skill associated with keeping in mind multiple less common associations, is reduced. Again, this is, this is scientific research coming through an article with the Harvard Business Review. The art of slowing is really to give your full present attention to whatever is in front of you. The rhythm of slowing down is to give your full present attention to whatever is in front of you, whether that's in the scriptures or in prayer or in a conversation with a friend or simply being outside or being at work. It is giving your full present attention to whatever is in front of you. Here's a practice that John Mark Comer suggests. He suggests to look at your week and all of your activities. Take time out of them. Choose one and just take time out of one of those activities, whether it be TV, video games, social activities, or even social media. It may even be work. And just take some time out of one of those activities in your week. And it may be that you eliminate the activity altogether. Another practice is to turn off all notifications on your phone. I've just done that for myself, and it has been so freeing. I don't feel the anxiety to always check my phone for new notifications. Um, you do have that ability in your settings to take off all notifications. Um, here is another practice. Avoid using the word busy. We hear so many people use the word busy as a way to describe their life. Try to avoid using the word. Yes, your life may have a lot going on, but try to use another word instead uh, and avoid using busy because even to use the word busy is almost like an accelerator in the speed and pace of life. Ruth Haley Barton has this beautiful quote where she says, Many of us have no idea how addicted we are to human striving, hard work, and performance-oriented drivenness until we actually stop. If you and I move at the pace of the culture, we will get what the culture produces. If we move at the pace of the culture, we will get what the culture produces. And now there's an actual psychological diagnosis called hurry sickness. In writing in Psychology Today, Stanford University psychology professor Dr. Philip Zimbardo calls hurry sickness a real and worrisome problem characterized by continual rushing and anxiousness, an overwhelming and continual sense of urgency. This is when we start using the language of, I wish there was more time in a day. Well, I hate to tell you, my friends. But time is the same as it has been for years. We have 24 hours in one day. That's not changing. Here are 10 signs from Ruth Haley Barton that you too may be suffering from hurry sickness. Take note of these. Irritability, hypersensitivity, restlessness, compulsive overworking, emotional numbness, escapist behaviors, disconnected from identity and calling, hoarding energy, not able to attend to human needs, Slippage in our spiritual practice. These are 10 specific signs that you or I may be suffering from hurry sickness. And that is not the easy yoke of Jesus. That is not the unforced rhythms of grace. You and I must practice the rhythm of slowing down. 
to be fully present and attentive and focused on what is in front of us. We walk with him because if we run and if we sprint, often we will get ahead of where the Lord is at. We must move at a countercultural pace. Jesus doesn't desire for us to just survive, but to actually thrive. And the only way that we will be able to do so is by slowing down. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Rhythms Podcast. Uh, We would love for you to subscribe, to follow, whether on Spotify or iTunes podcast. And if you enjoy the content, please give us a review. Um, We really appreciate you tuning in and all your support. Grace and peace, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.